Hey, hey, good day. Hello, world. You already know what time it is. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Jay. I'm Aaliyah. And this is Homeschool Your Kids podcast, where we forever, ever, ever, ever tell you that you are your child's most first and most qualified teacher. Um, when, speaking of qualified teachers, we're going to talk about teachers uh, leaving the classroom uh, voluntarily and involuntarily. <laughs> right. Because it's getting real out here. Just all things teachers today. Yeah. <laughs> So as you know, we are two former teachers um, and we spoke um, previously about our reasons for leaving the classroom, which, you know, of course, we didn't go over everything, but we mainly definitely wanted to give ourselves to our kids, um, both of us. But there are a lot of factors within the school that have caused us to like say, yeah, no, that's not for me anymore. Um, I know mine had a lot to do with the the like the the stuff that I saw was going to be mandated um like I I wasn't for the face mask stuff I wasn't for um uh, I didn't really care for the virtual learning even though I understood it I didn't really I didn't care for that um and just the whole dynamic and okay so we both read, recently read the article about the um, the teachers quitting, the 50 teachers that have quit in Florida recently. And I know in that article also, it said something about um, the schools were going down before the pandemic happened, before the whole shutdown. Like people want to associate, oh, the shutdown, this is caused what the the gap and the academic gap and all this good no nah, that stuff was already going on before the shutdown and, yeah and that's that that's the thing like if anything it may have added to but it wasn't the the whole like oh this is just oh that shutdown just really hurt home. yeah right. no nah, nah, the schools were already headed downhill we had kids I know um some of the kids used to celebrate when they would get a teacher fired or have a teacher quit. Like that was a game for them. Like, oh, we're going to mess with so-and-so. We're going to get them out of here. And they will do it too. And so the whole, like, just the school atmosphere um, was, was not the best as far as my school goes. And so Aaliyah spoke on safety, safety concerns, um, feeling safe inside of the school. And that's an issue. Um, and the article that we recently read about the 50 teachers leaving, that was their, their main issue um, was safety concerns. Cause they, these kids putting their hands on teachers like at an at a alarming, I mean, use alarming rates. <laughs> So it's very, um, it's very interesting because the teacher's pay still hasn't increased enough for like them to be subjected to this type of stuff for real. So, yeah. I wholeheartedly agree. Well, that's my little um, attention, look all over the place uh, overview, <laughs> but yeah, like it's real out here for teachers and being one of the passionate teachers. Um, and like I said, I wanted to be a teacher from fifth grade on up. Like I just knew I was gonna 
to change the world with my classroom. But once you get in the classroom, you see that, nah, you may change some, some lives, <laughs> but the world, nah, this is going to keep rotating as it has been um, because the whole system has to be uh, restructured in order for that. And your classroom is not going to restructure that system. So very eye-opening, very heartbreaking, very um, just brings a awareness to a lot of issues um, that we got to see firsthand. And while we're now sitting on the outside <laughs> and Looking advocating, in. yeah, and advocating for families and parents to become more involved and um, take the lead role in their children's education. Yes, because it's so important. Because just imagine if we wake up one day and there's no more teachers, who's going to be responsible for teaching? You all know, the them kids, all the children. I mean, I mean, it's going to have to fall back on the parents because at the end of the day, I think it's necessary right now in our time and period in history for teachers to just stand up and go on a strike. I understand that there's certain unions, and I really feel like unions really get in the way because. Um, what has changed? <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out, we got unions and we have to pay. We pay to yeah. be a part of the union. We pay to be a part of this union. And then there's so there's so much slow movement. Oh, for them you know? to just give you a little gift card at the end of the school year. <laughs> and a, I never paid to be a part of... I didn't either. I, I never I, paid a, to be a part of... Um, I forgot what it was called, but I'm not doing it because at the end of the day... Mm -hmm. I didn't see I don't see a change like it's a very slow movement and so I feel like teachers have to really stand up and make some changes if they want to see some changes and I'm and I, ho I wholeheartedly support all the teachers that are leaving because they don't get the support that they need and at the end of the day nobody knows but the teacher and as at end at the end of the day teachers they do their best. You know, they do their best. I did my best. It really broke my heart to have to make the decision to leave but I felt like it was for my best like for my for my well-being for my overall like mental health being a teacher is very very stressful it's overly stressful it's it's very very it's up there with being a, a doctor I would say like seriously it really is very stressful you have to deal with multiple children throughout the day multiple adults throughout the day you have to deal with different emotions you have to deal with meetings and um you know following a certain structure and guideline when it comes to teaching and it's it really becomes a lot and a toll and then, on you. Then go home and deal with your life, <laughs> right? And then have to go home and do the same thing because you have children. Um, and this is specifically for people who are also parents and teachers because there are some you know teachers who are you know single. They don't have you know the worries of um, being a parent. But they still have a life though. They still have a right. life. They still have responsibilities. <laughs> right. They still have family. Um, and teaching takes away from a lot of things. Like it really does because you're trying to like most teachers and I won't, I don't want to generalize because I don't know every teacher's purpose or intention when entering in the classroom, but because we know it's not salary, um, you feel like it has to be some kind of heart, some kind of dedication, some kind of will or want to change, um, someone's future someone's life um and you get there and you see that it's not as simple or easy as you thought it would be as far as oh your classroom being this and you know you just being so 
oh, just diabolical with your plan making and all this good stuff. And it's just, oh, you see, uh, I don't, it just wasn't like what you thought. (laughs) Right? No, it really wasn't. It really, really was not. Like me, when I was trying to become a teacher, first of all, I never had the dreams of being a teacher, you know, all my life. When I got to college um, and I figured and realized that psychology was just too much for me, um, I uh, followed in my mentor's footsteps because I really enjoyed, you know, his presence and all the teachings that he was telling me. And I was just like, well, if he has this effect on me and he's making me a better person, maybe I can do this for someone else because I really feel like, you know, that's what I needed growing up, uh, a, a mentor, someone at a younger age that could lead and guide me in the right direction. And that was supposed to be my parents, but I didn't feel like, you know, that was who they were, you know, and they should have, I should have looked to my parents as mentors. And now that I'm an adult, I do. And, I, and I'm like, okay, well, sometimes I go back and I reflect on some of the things my mom has said, and it makes sense now. But when I was younger, it just didn't make sense. And I don't think that we really created that bond enough for it to make sense. <laughs> and that's a shame, to be honest. But just to keep moving on. Um. Uh, he, you know, I told him that I wanted to be a teacher and then everything just kind of started to lay out. I was able to go and visit China and, and I seen how their education system was and it looked really, really fun. Like I know that they have this stigma of like their children do a lot of homework or there's some type of like, oh, they're really stressed out. And I don't know, you know, because I didn't spend so much time there. But what I seen with my own eyes, it was totally different. Like, yes, they were talking about how they do give the children a lot of homework. But the children don't mind, and neither do the parents. Like, they really actually enjoy school, and there was a lot of parent involvement in all the schools that I went to. We went to public, private schools, and I seen parent involvement in all of those schools, and it was so beautiful. And the children, they love being there. And so I was like, well, if this is how it is in China, then, you know, I'm a, you know, I, I, I think that I, you know, I would really enjoy being a teacher. The, te- the kids had so much respect for their teachers. They would, I got to go back and talk about this really quick because they, the teacher would come into the classroom and the students would say, hello, teacher. Thank you, teacher, for being here. We appreciate you. Like, literally, that's mm. like the first thing. Yes, like that's the first thing the whole class would say. And I was just so in awe at that because I'm like, wow, these kids, they really love to be in school. They really love their teachers. And if this is the honor, you know, that teachers get because they deserve that honor. They're teaching the next generation. They're moving the next generation forward. There could be no, I mean, I know this is very cliche, but there could be no Obama if he didn't have any teachers. I'm sorry. He had to, he had college professors and teachers that get him somewhere so that he could be a president. It wasn't just him by himself. So teachers are super, super important. And the way that um, they treated those teachers down even from administration like the teachers were just treated like royalty and so that's how I thought it would be in the U.S. but it's not it's not like that girl we like the bottom level of the low level class it's like the caste system in India I'm so sorry I don't mean to um but I used to be a social studies teacher and we used to talk about the caste system and it's like teachers are at the bottom literally legit the bottom of the system and it's like I just, you know, having so much passion when you have to deal with all the stress, you no longer even just, you no longer want to be creative. You no longer want to, and as much as I would try, you know, to keep that energy, it's hard when you don't feel like you're filling up your own cup, when you're always, 
you know, having to um, pour into others' cups, even the adults, like, I feel like you have to pour into your staff, you know, and um, get them uplifted and motivated. Yes, My ma'am. voice is going out because I'm so passionate about this subject, but it was hard. Like, it's it's hard, and teachers don't get paid enough. They really don't for what they go through. Yeah, no, you're absolutely correct, and I, I appreciate the passion that you're showing because, you know, it took me a long time to grow out. I used to tear up when I would talk to people about certain things and topics, and I, I definitely, you know, through my meditation and yoga, I've, I've come into a, a place where I'm able to, you know, still, like, I, I don't know. I'm growing. Let's just say I'm growing. <laughs> yeah, I understand because the last year, my last year teaching, my mentor, my teacher mentor, I think we had our last meeting or something or like a, it was like maybe the third meeting before the end of the year. He was like, well, how are you doing? When he asked me that question, girl, I just bust out in tears. <laughs> I couldn't even hold it in. I had just been trying to go, 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 go. And as soon as he asked me, like, how are you doing? I couldn't like hold it in. I was just like, yo, every I'm so stressed. I'm still at home because I was teaching virtually. I'm still at home, but I'm not spending enough time with my family. I don't get to spend enough time with my daughter. And, um, you know, I don't even feel like I'm really making a difference. I just feel like, you know, sometimes I'm, uh, you know, just talk, teaching at my students. It's like, are they really receiving the information? And so that's why I honestly never spent too much time teaching my last year I taught and I tried to do my best but I made sure that I spent more time caring about my students and I think that's why they really appreciated me I talked to them more I talked to them a lot we sung a lot of songs we danced to music I like I said I did do teaching but I just want my students to know that you know your teacher actually truly yeah, cares I about you. I don't want to just in different ways. It's not right. that you weren't teaching; you were just your focus was different. It wasn't on a less. It wasn't on social studies, basically. It was on life studies, right? <laughs> and right. Even though that's my last year teaching, right? I was an ELA teacher, but either way, look, some most of them passed the EOG. <laughs> nice. Yes. Um. Oh, teaching is teaching is special. It really is. Like you said, um, there would be no other profession without people going through teaching. Like even even the lovelies that drop out of school or drop out of college or drop out of whatever the case may be, they still were impacted or touched by some teacher. Like there, everyone's come across that one teacher um, that made that difference. And that that sowed that seed, like you just said, it was your mentor that even got you into the teacher. I just so happened to come across a teacher in the fifth grade that that touched my whole soul and showed me like, oh, this is how teaching can be. And so I had that early encounter with a teacher that changed my life. But we we mostly all, I feel, come across at least one teacher throughout our educational journey that's like just shows you something different and you want to do something different because of them. Um, if the shutdown had, hadn't happened, I probably would still be teaching. I'm not going to lie because I, I had kids looking forward to taking my class. Like, I, you know, like kids would come up to me in the hallway and say, oh, Miss Carter, I'm going to be in your class next year. I'm excited. Da, da, da. Even though, like, it wasn't even guaranteed that they're going to be in my class. It was just to know that, okay, these kids are like, I needed that push out the door because I was there so much for the kids that I wouldn't have left any other way. I don't think, not unless something just, 
came upon and just dropped in my lap like a million dollars or something. (laughs) Right. But I was like, I love, I love my students. I love all the kids. Like they were life. Like they, they just energized me in a certain, they kept me hip on stuff. Like, like, it was just a whole different, it was a whole, it was, it was love. It was definitely love. And I loved it. I did. Um, I just didn't like anything outside the students. Right. Right. I really didn't. I didn't like the meetings. I didn't like my administration was alright, like they're alright, but for the most part, I didn't really rock with them too much either. Like to, at the end of my journey, um, but it was all the the other stuff, the dotting the I's and crossing the T's stuff. I ain't, I didn't like any of that stuff because it, it really shifted the focus from class. I remember, I will never forget. Um, I want to say my. This could have been my first or second year of teaching. Uh, title one school, seventh grade English. I had an observation from the principal and like killed it with the lesson plan. Oh, I, I was, you know, doing my thing, doing my thing, showing out. Girl, don't you know this man <laughs> had a nerve to focus on in the observation that I didn't have the objective written correctly on the board? know how you had to write like the standards out and all that good stuff well I didn't have it for I didn't have it in the right format like I didn't have it how it should have like some a couple words or something was all I don't know either way you mean to tell me (laughs) that my banging lesson plan my my children my students being engaged all that good stuff like you see these kids hands going up you see our interactions and all that good stuff and you gonna talk to me about a sentence on the board (laughs) like that that right there let me know that yeah no this isn't really the place for me but I'm I'm gonna stick it out I'm gonna stick it out um but yeah no it the focus has shifted so much from you actually teaching and engaging with the students to so so much other like superficial none like it's, it doesn't make sense it doesn't it's not going to drive the kids forward it's not going to push them into a different direction all those data meetings we used to have and I'm just like but why are we doing this? Like we can, we can write all the numbers down. We can highlight, we can do all this good stuff. But if we're not building a relationship with these students, then none of that matters. Like none of that matters. And so now we've gotten to a point where the teachers are fed up and they're tired and overworked and over everything because they've been complying for so long to all the stuff they keep loading up. And I told right. you before, that was my issue. Like teachers are so compliant. Like there's just so, okay. Right. We're going to talk about this later, like in our teacher meeting, like when we talk to our, you know, our teacher friends, mm-hmm. we're going to complain about it, but we're going to say, okay, now, as opposed to saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, no, like, I want to just teach. I want to, I want to talk to the kids. I want to have a relationship with the kids. I want to talk to them about their day, that actual day, as opposed to us talking about st- what standards they didn't meet or what test score they need to get to do this and all that good stuff. Cause that was literally our focus on everything like yes 
That's where the were they at? Yeah, where were they at? Which kids were in the yellow that we could right the red right? Yes, girl, like that mess was so ner- like oh my gosh. So I could see why teachers are leaving. That's running up out the building because it's it's too much yeah it can become a toxic culture too especially when it's like kind of competitive you get bonuses based off of if the kids pass the test so you got teachers trying to you know outdo or trying to you know make sure that they look good or um whatever the thing and that's not how it should be I feel like teachers should be working together we should all be working together to try to help the students and not yes. try to make it you know a competition of who got the most students who can pass it or it's just it's and kind they of talked like, about that in faculty meetings. They would, you know, how like you said, they would make it a competition. They would make right. it a, a thing as far as oh, well, this teacher got this amount of kids to pass, and this, like I don't care. I was so glad that I did not teach testing years, like tenth and I taught tenth and twelfth. Eleventh grade was our big testing year. That's when the eleventh graders had to pass the standardized tests or whatnot. But I was so grateful that I was not in 11th grade teacher because it's like, it doesn't even make sense. You're holding this teacher accountable for all these other past years. And (laughs) truth be told, I told you about a ninth grade teacher that I had to readjust his students when I got them because they were so used to not doing anything and still getting an A or B because that's what he was just doing. Like, that's how he was. He was rocking. He was sitting back and just giving these kids grades and they didn't have to do anything. So when they got in my class, it was like, yo, what you doing? It's like, oh, yeah, no, we we do stuff around here. We we do stuff around here. You got to pick up that pencil or something, bro. You want to type it up? I get a Chromebook, but you got to do so. You got to produce something. It's like you got to understand. Like we trying to work towards something. What are your goals? What what are your dreams? What are your aspirations? What are we What are we working towards? But just understand, we gonna work towards something. Yes, it was. It's a lot. It really yes. is. Um, and the young people are the ones that are, are missing out because it's not not the teachers, the little raggedy teachers that are quitting. <laughs> right. Don't the ones me. that need to stay. Yes. <laughs> the ones that tell your children, listen, I got my education. No, even though I said it before. <laughs> I have said that before, but the ones that... <laughs> I got my I got my degrees. <laughs> that's a, that's a real one. fed up teacher quote. Right. <laughs> Y'all can play if you want to. Whatever. It's yeah, so nah. serious though. And it, it also causes a lot of anxiety for the teacher. And that's one reason why I didn't like it. Like I was grateful. My sixth grade, my first year teaching, I taught social studies and they had a test, but they took it away. And so I was so grateful because I'm like, yeah, I don't want to like at first we were teaching to the test. But then once we realized we didn't have to have a test, things became more fun. We got to have, you know, talk about conversations. At first it was so focused on we got to make sure y'all pass this test. Y'all understand how to, you know, read a test and answer questions. I cannot I don't like that because I already know that's not how children learn. And so many children would complain to me about how school they don't like it and it's not you know they don't learn anything that they're interested in and they really don't i'm teaching these kids world history ancient history from thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of thousands of years ago 
they don't and I'm trying to bring stuff and connect it and they're just like looking I'm at not me gonna hold you Leah history <laughs> was one of my least favorites like it was so boring all of my history class I had one history teacher in the 10th grade that made it fun like and I still remember her um still remember her name and everything Mrs. Griffin she was a young teacher and she hadn't been teaching that long but the way that she would tell her stories was like she would put it so that we would know like you know know like what the people like put it in our terms basically but history has always been like uh now nah, you can miss me with all them facts and dates and all that stuff you supposed to i'm like what am i gonna do and then with it's this? Old history, outdated history i'm teaching brown and black students and i'm teaching them history that they don't even relate to like can we just mm. you know like it's just like i i really didn't like it like after my first year of teaching social studies and i realized that i was gonna be teaching the same thing next year like using the same exact materials teaching the same lessons like my my team they had already had they had been they had been teaching the same thing over and over again they already had it you know in order mm-hmm. so it was just like I just came in I was just teaching whatever they was teaching and I really didn't like it because I didn't have enough time to sit down and digest See, and, and think I about like it that and team stuff like you gotta teach what the team teaching and all that right stuff. like nah I don't want to do that though <laughs> I get that y'all want to do that. And like you said, they, they've already gotten everything structured to, oh, this, we, we do this normally at this time. And yep. we like, no, Mm-mm. when are we going to like be a little more innovative, more creative? And yes, actually- do something different gauge yes. stuff based on the kids not based on your class you know what you right. already got in order yes like what about their interests because honestly and truly if we would have went with the children's interests most of them would have started with um well I'm not gonna lie a lot of children love the Roman and Greek goddess and things like that and then um uh they were super interested in Africa as well. So those probably would have been the countries that we would have started with. But we started with like, it was just, girl, we don't have to get into the curriculum, but it was just, <laughs> it was crazy. I was like, yo, when, when can we just do something, you know, more relatable or more fun? And so it was really hard to um, try to switch, get out of that. Because like I said, I already had I already two team members that were already on board with whatever, you know, so it was really hard. And then in fifth grade, that was my first testing subject. And we had a um, we had a curriculum that we had to go by, uh, wit 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 and wisdom. That's what it was. And wit and wisdom was so full of just information. It was so much to take in. And I was just like, the kids like some the books. Some of the books were okay, but for the most part, the books really weren't like too relatable. They were into them because they really like to hear me read. But mm. other than that, it wasn't because they were really like into it. it was just like the curriculum just was so horrible. I feel like we could have done so much, but because I had to follow a curriculum and then, you know, make sure we're doing testing strategies, right. Make sure we're on here for this and people coming in. Yeah. Checking in your classroom, even though I've never gotten a bad, um, a bad uh what was it and expect what were they called yeah I never got a bad observation yeah I have the same principal that talked about that sentence don't you know he talked about my floors like the my classroom floors and one of my observations and my reading specialist had to tell him had to check him because I was so hot like basically said my room looked trifling (laughs) now what they got to do with the lesson (laughs) first of all I don't 
don't clean these floors. Like, sir, that's right. your maintenance. Like, Bert, like, let's let's start there, girl. Like, oh my gosh, that that was that was yeah, that was a um, another learning experience. <laughs> but I didn't have yes. I didn't have bad observations either. I just had observations with suggestions that I wasn't going to pay attention to. I told you how I used to have my, I would have my light off. Like I've never had my, my students would know that I wasn't in the classroom if my light was on. Like they were like, oh shucks, we got to sub today because Miss Carter light on. Because I had windows in my room. And so I always used the natural light and had a little ambiance going where we chilling, like we're chilling. Right. Um, but I used to have a department chat. I would always like put in the notes or my observation, like, oh, I see you have your lights off, but <laughs> you may want to turn them on. And I'm like, oh yeah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, but thank you for that. Um, <laughs> right. That. So yeah, there. Like I said, all my observations seem to be off. Like they ain't never really focused on what the, what they needed to be focused <laughs> on. That's why I just knew it was all just BS. Like I was saying, it seemed kind of petty. Like, yeah, <laughs> what am I doing here? Oh, oh my gosh! But like that in that article though, they weren't even talking about administration and stuff like that. They were talking about violence. Like <laughs> yeah, they were talking about student behavior. Which- yeah, student behavior. You know, I really hate that some teachers experience like um, students who they cannot build that relationship with to the point where the student wants to work for them. Because I honestly, I've had students like, yes, I've had a, I have one student that I can totally remember. He had ODD and ADD. And so he was like off the chain, like he was low key off the chain. I'm not gonna lie. He, He did not care. Like, no, like he really didn't care. And yes, he had, to, I had to, you know, he had to leave my classroom a couple of times, but it was always love. Like I never <laughs> was like, I never, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, I understand you got issues that I can't even help you with. I'm not even going to try to help you because that's not, I, I didn't get, I didn't go to school for that. I'm sorry. Like, I really did. I didn't, I, like for real teachers have to, ha- teachers play so many, di- they have so many different hats and we got to start taking off some of them hats. Some of them hats we ain't getting paid for. Okay, and when he Most was, of them has, so we're not getting paid. Right, we only getting paid to be a teacher. I'm in, I'm not getting paid to be your psychologist, therapist, and counselor. You know, and as much as I love you, and I want to be, your, and I want you in my classroom, and as much as I care about your education, there are certain things that I just cannot deal with. And so, you know, I was I wasn't that teacher that that the, the um like some kids. Yeah, I was a teacher that you can come to my classroom and calm down, but. If you got, if there was things that I just could not handle and deal with, he can't come into my class. Yeah, because you got another, you, they're not the only ones in there. Right. That's the thing. And that's what he would think. He the only student. (laughs) No, I'm sorry. That's just, he, he definitely needed some attention, if nothing Mm -hmm. else. Um, But that's, that's the thing though. How do you, how do you give that much attention to one student? Like people got to. And then the other students were. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was just saying, then the other students, then they want your attention. They see how yeah. much attention you're giving to that student. they like, well, Miss Ruffin, you ain't da 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 When I was Miss Ruffin, they was like, you ain't yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I can't, ha-. like, all these kids want your energy. All of these students, you got 25. My first year teaching, I had, like, 28 students in my classroom. Mm-hmm. We had a, a pack. It was my first year teaching. I almost had up to 30 students in one classroom. And then I taught sixth grade. So I had four different classes. I was teaching a hundred and something students a day. 
and all these kids want my energy you know yeah that's a that's lot, a lot to do that's a lot that's why I, like I always give off numbers when I talk to people because they really don't understand like the dynamics of teaching like you're actually you're being asked to care about uh, over 100 kids like I had 147 my last year teaching that's 147 different households 140 different personalities just 147 different everything and you right. you you your one self supposed to do this and that and everything under the sun for all 147 and it's crazy especially with them individual um educational plans um you have the kids that are special needs like right. you're trying to accommodate different things but it's just like how how do you do that and I don't think people take into account how much a disruption like really disrupts your class once it's you know things are going on because you got this big old class and then one child is doing this or not even just one of a few um are doing like just going outside of everything that you need them to be going outside of that day and your whole class is thrown off and if it happens in the morning your whole day can be thrown off because that's your energy and you can't recover from that because you don't even get a good of the downtime I think right. all the teachers holding their pee right now. <laughs> right. Couldn't go to the bathroom. Got to call somebody. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So what like, if you just want to, I sometimes I would just want to take a break. Like first period is going right at the second period. Like at the first period, then you got to go right into another class. It's like, sometimes I just want to take a break. That five minute bell is not enough for me to adjust. I just taught all these and students. And then you have kids that come in in between that. Like, especially, you know, if you have a relationship with kids, you got kids that's coming in, checking in. I had kids that would come in my classroom so much that some people thought I taught them. I didn't even teach some of my students, some of the students that came in and t- sat in my class or came in and decompressed. They would come in during their lunch bells like just everything and it it is a lot and I love them so of course I'm like okay well come on (laughs) sit down like make sure you're not disrupting and all that good stuff but it does become a lot because you don't have that time you don't have any time to recharge rejuvenate uh just just let go in general and so you just continue you continue because when you're done there, you go home to your life, that life that people forget that teachers have. And like you said, if you got kids, that life is tenfold, honey, because you're dealing with they their schools, you're dealing with their their needs. Mm-hmm. Like it's a lot. It and then you gotta lot. wake up the next morning and do it all over again. And it's girl, like I a- couldn't imagine, excuse me. <laughs> but no, oh, no, I couldn't imagine. Um like having to go into a classroom where I feared for my safety or I feared that somebody was going to throw a pencil sharpener uh, or a stapler at my head or something. Like these teachers that we were reading about, they were going through some real violent situations where they had, they were worried and fearful for their safety. And I don't think that's right. Like, (laughs) I don't think that's right at all. Like that is wild. And I couldn't imagine trying to teach under those conditions. Like, how do you teach under fearful conditions where you're not even comfortable with being yourself or trying to pour out yourself into a classroom where you're not even feeling safe? You don't know who, who got the target on you. And that's wild. Right. And at the end of the day, even though I say it does come with building relationships, all every 
you're not going to be able to reach every student. I didn't reach all my students. Like, yeah, majority of my students, you know, they love me, but I'm pretty sure there were some students that I didn't reach. Like, there were, there were some students that I just did not reach. You can't reach all of your students. So I'm not going to say that. Yes, because everybody was on my boat and not. Right. <laughs> yes. So I'm not going to say because, you know, they, they the teachers didn't build a, a positive relationship with this with the student is that that's the reason why they're acting out and that's the reason why I'm not gonna place blame on teachers when it comes to um you know why students are acting out or um you know or any issue that's going on in the school because teachers are doing their best they're not gonna be able to reach every child there's so many children that they already have to reach so what do you do with those children that like you said are being disruptive because it can it can take a lot to get a class especially depending on how disruptive the child was you know it can take a a lot for the class to get back and then sometimes you have to walk through and talk about some situations especially if some kids may um like I said, a fight may start off in the class. That could be traumatic for for the other students if they see other kids fighting and actually, you know, really going in and hitting each other super, super hard to the point where maybe they even start, you know, I'm not trying to get graphic, but that's traumatic. And that can happen at school. And that happens all the time. And then you have to talk about it. And then you have to maybe even call some other parents. There's so much that goes on. So when those, when you have children that are just blatantly disrespectful, kids that you can't reach, they don't care or whatever the case may be, what do you do? And honestly, and, feel, and truly, it, like I said, if you don't feel safe, like you were saying how I was talking about safety concerns, I'm not going to stay somewhere where I don't feel safe. I don't think anybody should. You shouldn't be asked to stay somewhere that you don't feel safe. I'm not even going to hold Julie. I had one, um, one school year, I had one block that my energy just shifted with. Like every, every time at, we had block scheduling. So we had kids every other day, but when I tell you my fifth block on one particular, like it was just, yeah, nah, they didn't get the same energy that my other classes got because it was full of, it was a um, co-talk class. Um, boy, it, it was rough. It was a rough one. It really was. And um, they didn't get the Miss Carter that all the other students got because the majority of them, it was hard to reach. They were hard mm-hmm. to reach. They wanted, they were there for the shits. They wanted, they were, they were there to put on a show. They were there to talk to each other, everything mm-hmm. else. And so I would check out on them a lot of times um, because it's, I tell them all the time, like, I don't entertain foolishness. So if that's what y'all want to do, that's how y'all going to be. And this is what we're going to do in here. And I'm not about to engage. I'm not about to do all this extra stuff because y'all don't want to re- receive it, um, relationship or not. And there were kids that, of course, I wish that they were probably in a different class, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> things of that nature. But it's, it's a lot. Like these kids have a lot of emotional issues that they're dealing with and they're not being um, dealt with. They're not being talk to about they're not being I had a student and this is always going to go back like all our conversation always going to go back to what's the home life like and what are the parents doing I had a student who um carried an odor with him and he would get into a lot of issues with the students because they would definitely talk about him and stuff his mom came up to the school one day and I think this is that he had gotten into a fight and she was in the school, in the principal's office going in on him. I, I, I was in there 
and she was just like just just saying some of the most embarrassing things and just like just her whole attitude and she had somebody on speakerphone like a a sister or somebody I don't know somebody another family member on speakerphone and it's like yeah because and they talking about how he smell and I told I know he don't be taking showers and all this stuff and I'm just like well why isn't he taking showers what's going on what like like I don't think people understand cause and effect to the point of there's always a reason for something and so Whereas you're seeing your child as just being lazy or you feel that they're like, do you talk to them and see why they're doing this or why, like, why aren't you comfortable with taking a shower every day? Why aren't you, why is it that um, you feel it's okay to wear the same hoodie for however many weeks in a row without trying to wash it or like, where, where are you at with your mindset? And it was just, it was a lot to see parents talking to their kids in manners that you couldn't even imagine. It's like, yo, this is your child. Like you, you brought them. And I don't think parents be understanding, like you are your, like, like we always say you, you're your child's first teacher. And in that teaching also comes to first teaching of how, you how they should be treated or how they should be talked to and all that stuff and I've told Mm -hmm. you before about students telling me that that I could cuss at them and I was like just the most appalling thing like I don't want to cuss at y'all y'all wow like and y'all shouldn't that's that's not okay don't be letting no teacher cuss at you and don't be telling no kid no teach nobody that they can cuss at you oh you are no no I wish a teacher would like no (laughs) no you don't do that and it's just the kids are being shortchanged on a lot because although these discipline issues are coming about and these like violent issues are coming about, it's still a matter of what's hurting these kids. Like what's getting them to this point where they feel like they got to lash out at an educator as at a person that should be there for, you know, for the good of them. Right. For the good of them. They care about the education. So how are we getting to this point? Like what else? And even if it's not the teacher that's triggering it, what is triggering this? Like there's so many mental health issues that are ignored or swept under or just documented on paper that there's no real reinforcement or any kind of resolutions really being focused on because the teach this, you know, the student is still just being asked to go about their day or go about their school day. Like you said, the little boy with all those, all those DDDs issues, whatever mm-hmm. they were, it's just like he didn't, he didn't get any help. Like he needed help. He needed assistance. He needed some, some other structure as opposed to him going into sitting in these classrooms for however many minutes a day and then going on to the next one. That wasn't a structure that worked for him. And that's what a lot of administration, the, the school board, everybody needs to understand like how schools are set up are not working. This yes. Working. And if it's- schools want to take care, they want to have this um, they want to have this role, this massive role of giving, of you know, giving education to all students and wanting to give out and wanting to provide free education, then they should provide a structure that works for all students. I'm sorry. And it can't just be, oh, we're going to give it to the teachers. Right. Or the teachers just do some individualized plans in the classroom and they all going to know, like, it should be, it definitely should be different because, yeah, he should have never really been in a 
all like a, a class like a class because he was very very disruptive like almost every day he's getting sent out of somebody's classroom if that's the case he should be in a very smaller setting with maybe two or three other students and maybe one teacher in a um and a psychologist or something like or not even that maybe he didn't need to be going into classrooms until he until he was able to talk out what was going on with him maybe he should have been taking some kind of social um emotional learning classes you know something outside of the normal uh math science social studies all that let's let's take restructure his schedule to meet him where he is as opposed to thinking that oh he needs to be in a class but it just needs to be smaller and needs to be no maybe he needs to be in in some other type of setting in general maybe he need to go outside and be talked to outside like you know it's just like where are we meeting these kids at whereas they're not going to blow up they're not going to disrupt they're not going to disrespect because it's all still stemming from somewhere it still comes from somewhere that these kids are coming to school with these attitudes and behaviors that are not conducive to them moving forward in their learning. So what can we do to restructure that? Whereas teachers aren't feeling overwhelmed or um, misrepresent, like not, not cared about basically like, Right, like they don't have a voice. Because that's basically what goes on. Administration, they come and they tell teachers, okay, here's what y'all got to do this year. We're going to get this curriculum, this, this, this. Like, there was so much stuff that was being piled on to me my last year teaching, like, especially virtually. First of all, there's no cap. So there was no cap on how many students we could get. So I was getting students throughout the whole year, in and out, in and out. My My list of students had gotten so full. I was almost up to 60 students at one point. And then they finally got down to 30 and then 20. 25 or 23 was my last amount of students that I had but um and then they wanted us to do this and they wanted us to do this and they wanted us to do this and they kept piling on stuff and we as a team we had to come together and say yo we're not gonna do any we're gonna stay afloat we're gonna keep doing what we're doing to try to stay afloat and take care of ourselves because administration is just gonna keep piling stuff on us and not even like second guess it it's just like they have to, they getting it from somewhere and they just passing it down to the teachers and then we have to do it. It's like, literally, we are at the bottom. The teachers mm-hmm. are the last people to actually have a say-so in anything. And if we're the ones that's teaching the students, why do we have the last say-so? Yeah. Why aren't teachers making more, you know, making more policies or like just have more power in the classroom? Um, it's a lot. Yeah, teachers definitely shortchange themselves. Um with a lot of things as far as voicing their opinions or voicing their concerns because they're afraid. And I used to tell, I know I had one coworker who, girl, it's like she swore she was going to get fired, which did everything. Like she crossed every T, dotted every I, did everything that they wanted her to do, but she was still so fearful of losing her job. It was weird. I'm like, girl, they need you. <laughs> right. They got subs. Do you they not need- see that we got to cover people classes? They, they ain't got subs to fill into your class when you sit. You think they about to sit and just remove you all together? No. And that's why I think, like you said, like, I used, I don't want to advocate for <laughs> disruption of systems. However, teachers don't understand the power that they possess, man. Teachers are like, so mis- ill-informed as where it comes to 
what they could do to change some stuff around. And it, I feel like teachers would be the driving force of restructuring the educational system, but they have to connect and agree and, yeah. we and all move have to be on the together. Same yeah, they got to move together. And I don't, I don't know if that will come about because you do have teachers that are, are perfectly fine with how the school is structured, um, especially, you know, teachers that have been teaching for over two decades and all that mm-hmm. good stuff, all them old, older teachers. Um, that are still pushing papers, still pushing worksheets and same curriculum and lesson plans from the 90s and all that good stuff. They they be good with how things are going and they <laughs> keep moving forward. But I think on a general overall consensus, if you were to actually poll a school and see how, how many dissatisfied, um, <sighs> overworked teachers there are in, in a school, um, building your numbers are definitely going to be real lopsided and if those teachers were to join together and say well you know what let's just not even come to work today like everybody (laughs) and let's see how they deal with that um because if my voice is going to be heard it's going to be heard and yeah you you gotta make you gotta make big moves because it is a lot going on it is a lot and teachers aren't being back for it especially um with students with the individual um educational plans because they could do everything but daggone some of these kids like they would know that they knew what they could and couldn't do what they could like if it's in your your um iep that you can you have a um a tendency to cuss out teachers <laughs> Then you cuss out a teacher and you're going to go back to that classroom the next day like, hey, yeah, I cuss your ass. (laughs) I'm back. And that's not right. That's not right. right. It's not right. And yeah, what is the solution to how do you deal with that? Because when teachers are not, but first of all, when teachers are underpaid, overstressed, and they don't, they're not safe, they don't feel safe in the environment, you really expect for people to stay? I mean, I know it's a very important job. to give it all, not even just stay. They be wanting to still overperform, overachieve, like everything. Be a clown, basically. Be (laughs) be a clown, this fake act. Like, seriously, that's what they want teachers to do. Robots. (laughs) They want to be robots. Like, not even, like, feeling anything. Like, yo, my feelings are hurt. If, like, let's let's address those first and foremost. I remember... (laughs) right and they make it they make you feel bad if you say like you don't like one of your students or or that if you don't or you don't feel safe around one of your students they try to make you feel bad about it because it's like oh you're supposed to just love kids and love everybody and that and it's like like are two different things and that's what I used to tell my students I love all y'all but would I kick it with all y'all no (laughs) right I don't like some of (laughs) y'all and I'm gonna let you know that because no I keep it real over here. No, I love each and every one of you. I care about where your meal coming from. I care about if you are sleeping in a warm house or a cool house, depending on the time of the year. I care about if you have clothes to put on. I care about all that, all of that. And that was always known. I had a whole little school. Um, I started a, a, a school closet where I collected donations for clothing, toiletries. We even had snacks in there. Like, Oh yeah, my care for kids has all like I ain't never had to worry about that. But I will never tell or confuse love and light 
um, with a student. Like, yeah, I can love you all day, every day. But if I don't like your personality, I don't like your attitude towards stuff, like, no, I can tell you, no, I don't like you. I I can't rock with you like that because Mm -hmm. you got a lot of things you need to work on and you got to want to work on them. Mm before I want to chill with you like before we be hanging out somewhere like yeah no um and I think a lot of these kids are being um like I don't know they're being coddled to the point of like you said if they you say one thing that hurts their feelings like oh you're a bad teacher oh yeah I can't believe you said this to me and all this stuff. like why not honey like somebody gotta address things like I don't, I don't believe in a, like putting kids on front street or embarrassing them in front of their peers or anything like that because that definitely will not end well for you but um talking to these kids honestly and letting them know like yeah no nah, it's some of y'all that no nah, I wouldn't I wouldn't kick it with because y'all gotta work on some stuff like y'all gotta gotta change that mindset of yours because right now y'all a little negative nancy's and I can't do negative nancy's all that long I don't do that on on a regular on you know outside of the classroom so I definitely wouldn't voluntarily do that with anyone um no matter your age but we can we can talk I would love to talk. I love, like, I had used to have my kids journal a lot and I would write back to them and everything. Like, oh my goodness, that was me trying to change everything, <laughs> trying to, like, I don't know, just feeling like I could do out, girl, the stuff, the amount of stuff that I used to take on as far as just wanting my kids, my students in general to know that I care. It was right. a lot, girl. It kept me up past midnight, grading papers, right. responding to stuff. And it was a lot. It was a lot. So to see what teachers are dealing with um, as far as the disrespect goes and the, the blatant, like, violent acts towards teachers, it's sad. It's sad. And we got yeah. to do something different. Yes, teachers deserve a lot more, a lot more respect, honor, and appreciation and support from parents. And I really love this one video I seen on Facebook where the mom she had the little boy sit sit down like in a um like a a, a squat position on the wall, and she gave him a weight, and she was saying like, you know, this is the weight of the teacher. And she was saying, you know, she had gave him the weight, and she he was barely trying to hold it. He could barely hold it, and he was she was saying, you know, like. You know, this is the weight of the teacher when you are being, I guess he was being, you know, maybe talkative or disrespectful in class. And um, she had she had her feet and she was holding him up and she was like, I'm your support, you know, so I'm trying to keep you uplifted to so that you can go to school and do your best. And then this is the weight of the teacher and all that she feels when she's trying to teach everybody and she has kids that are not respecting her. And I said it almost made me cry because I've never seen a parent just really go to bed for the teacher and try to, and try yeah. to, even though there are, but in my teaching career, I've, I mean, I've had parents to say they appreciate me, but um, it's always, sometimes you have, you really have to break, you have to break that wall with the parent because they have a defense up about their child and you just want the best for them. Just like the parent want the best for them. Yeah. And it shouldn't be, a, there should never be this um, combative relationship between parent and teacher because we both want the same thing so that we should always be on the same page and there should be more support um, when it comes to teaching, you know, a parent, your child, because it's hard 
for if a parent don't want to teach their own child and they know it's hard, then of course it's hard to be a teacher. Come on now, y'all. Come on, parents. Yeah, like, you see parents quick to talk about their patience. Oh, I don't have patience for this. I don't have patience. Like, but think about, I used to tell, like, I felt like parents should have to come inside of school when a child is disruptive or disrespectful or whatever the case may be. I say, well, I feel like parents should come in and sub for that class and the teacher gets to sit and do exactly what that child would do if they, you know, if they were in the class at that time. And how that teacher, that parent experience, how some of these, their kids act in school so they can understand the problems that teachers face and that it's not so simple as, oh, well, they could just call me or they could just do, no, honey, it's a joint forces. And I need you to understand that it's beyond just a, a, a act out or outburst in class. Like it's something that's going on with your child that really needs to be addressed and dissected and looked through and and a resolution reached between all of us yeah you have some parents that wouldn't even come to parent teacher conferences but or have an attitude as soon as they get on the camera they gotta ask, what much had done what, what i'm like lady we're here to talk about solutions you know like i was never the teacher that tried to argue with my parents i'm always i'm very solution-minded i'm here to talk about solutions what can we do you know, because at the end of the day, I know I have a job, to, a, a role to play in a job. And so do you as a parent. You know, I was always coming with that mindset. Um, so I just really feel like it's so important that parents, I really honestly feel like that's the only solution. How do we get kids that are disrespectful to, um, I'm not gonna say that's the only solution, but in my brain, I was thinking about a couple, but how do we get kids that are, you know, being violent and disrespectful to teachers? Maybe, like you said, get their parents to come in and, and volunteer more. Get their parents to be more involved. Maybe hire some mental wellness coaches. Like maybe the psychology, maybe the therapists that are at school or the, the counselor that's at school is not enough. The teachers that are at school is just not enough. They need more support. Maybe some mental well counselors, some coaches, some parent coaches, some student coaches, some confident coaches, something where kids are getting more than just being taught at. Yeah. I mean, because every every teacher is not as intentional as me or you. Every teacher w- is not going to think about your child's mental wellness and if they come into class. Most teachers are not thinking. I mean, I'm not saying most, but some teachers are not thinking that way. Or if they are, they're not thinking of ways that they can, you know, better improve because they have so much other things that they're thinking about. You really have to be intentional. As in a teacher, you really have to be intentional because your day goes like this. So you can just really get into the class and just, okay, y'all, let's just get started because the day goes by instead of, you know, okay, y'all, how are y'all feeling? How are y'all doing? Let's take a deep breath. Are y'all ready? That's intentional. That's yeah. being intentional. So every teacher can't do that. I'm sorry. Every teacher is not going to do that. There needs to be more support. And if every the parent... teacher is not even there with themselves, though, that's the thing. Like, a right. lot of these teachers really need mental, like, health. Support like, themselves. Like, yes, they do. They really do. And so that's why it's... Like, that's why they're being drove, driven out in the manner that they are. They they aren't, like, they need help themselves. So if they can't, if they're not getting that help, if they're not receiving support, and they're coming into these classrooms that are out of control, per, you know, so to say, yeah, no, nah, they, need, they need help. These teachers deserve help. And if you want schools to keep functioning as they have been, 
schools have to do something different. Parents have to do something different. It has to be a joint forces of let us all come together collectively to figure out the solution for our kids because these kids are experiencing so much more than what we experience as you know our in our teenage years or our young younger years and they're not being taught how to deal with this stuff they had a whole shutdown and we're asked to go back into a classroom setting and pretend like nothing happened basically all the while things keep happening and so it's just like we got to address all of that. We got to figure out all of that. And we need to talk about it more and not spend so much time on the academics section of this, you know, the learning, but at more on the social emotional learning, because if yes. kids, they're able to express to you sometimes, not all the time, but they will express to you what is going on in their world that is causing them to feel or to act in the manner that they are, because it's always cause and effect always there's always a reason but we're not taking the time to learn or to figure out those reasons and so here we are yes 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 I really love that I just think in general overall there needs to be more support in the schools I feel like um the school systems can give their money to so many different things adding more support, maybe adding more teachers into the classroom. Maybe every classroom needs two teachers, not just kindergarten, but all throughout from all the way up to the 12th grade. There needs to, maybe there needs to be two teachers in the classroom. I think that wow. would honestly I like the idea about the teachers being this, you know, having the same teacher throughout the grades, like certain grade levels and stuff. Like, I think oh, that would yes. definitely help a whole bunch if kids were able to have time to build keep that one teacher and keep that. Yeah. Yes. Um, that would definitely do, do some things. But um, the solution, there are solutions. There's always solutions. Um, we just want people to think about, you know, the role that they're playing. What's going on with your kids? Talk to your kids about if they're having issues at school. Talk to them about anything they're seeing or experiencing or, or you know, just, just talk to them. <laughs> just talk right. to them. Um, and even talk to the teachers sometimes, go to those open houses, go to those PTA meetings, go to those uh, school events that you'll get to engage and build a relationship with your child's teacher, because especially elementary school, these teachers are a part of your child's day for a good seven hours. You should want to talk to them more. You should want to see where they're at, how mm-hmm. they're doing mentally, physically, spiritually. And if they need any that. help, you know, like parents should be more willing. I saw also seen a, a post where this dad said he came in and read a, read a story to the to the children um, of his daughter's classroom and how it really she really enjoyed it and loved it and her face was lit up that's what kids need they need more they need to see that their parents are invested in their education that they care that the parent cares more than the child more than the teacher right because if the teacher cares and the, and the, the child don't really care and the parent don't really care we can't it's like we, we can't get anywhere to be honest like that going back to how you felt you could change the world as a teacher we can't do that without the parent support 
it, it becomes non-existent. We can't change anything without the parents because those aren't our kids, to be honest. And we got to stop acting like as teachers, those are our children. Those are not our kids that we're teaching. We are teaching somebody else's. <laughs> right, my babies my and my <laughs> kids and my children. I hear it all the time. And I even say it sometimes. And I was getting caught up in that. But I'm like, no, I have one child. Really. <laughs> I have one child that I actually birthed and don't get me wrong. I, I, I see y'all as my children, but I have to really be serious with myself and realize that y'all aren't like my children. I need your parents to support me more. And I wish I would have had more parents to come in and read a story. I, I feel like reading every day. Yeah. A parent, parents do need to come in and read. If you have the time, like if you're not, you know, at work or anything, I'm sorry. If you're not at work or anything, then yeah, come to the, go up to the school, eat with your children, go read a book, check in on them. If you ain't doing nothing at home or if you got the time or you on break, call, you know, like just even that could change a child's day, change a child's mood. Yeah, so, it does start with the care that the parent shows towards the education and parents have to understand that like regardless of anything else, you are your child's first teacher. You are. You're showing them every day how to feel, how to believe, how to think, how to anything about their educational journey. So if you're not invested in it, you can't ask them to be invested in it because you're the leader. You're the ones that they're following. So if you don't care about this assignment or you don't care about what this teacher said or you don't care, they're not going to care. They're not going to care. And and the quote from our um, blog post that we just wrote about how homeschooling is necessary, it said it doesn't matter if a parent, it doesn't matter about the parent's socioeconomic status or anything like that for a child's success and academic success. What mattered was the, um, the, the care and the time and the attention, the home learning environment that the parents put the time into to create. It had nothing to do with where you come from, poverty, all these things that people are gonna try to make the excuse of why they can't be a good parent is because I don't have enough money, or I have to work, or I'm I don't have the resources. None of those things really matter if you just show that you care a little bit. Care doesn't cost a thing. Showing that you actually care is free. And these so, teachers need you. Like right. need you. I know that firsthand. Like teachers need you. Teachers need you. And they understand and respect that you are, you know, doing what you can and how you can, but we all gotta come together and remember and and realize that the current structure and how things are operating isn't working for us. And so we have to get on a different page with and everyone. it isn't working for the children. Yeah. No, the most, right? Yeah. They were part of the us. Yeah. No, it's not. Right. <laughs> it's not. It's not. And um that was, I know, a big thing when I was in the classroom was the lack of parental involvement. And I, I wish and hoped and wanted so much more for the parents to be more involved with their kids' education. And it would definitely really, really help teachers if parents were to step up and own and accept their role as their children's most, 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 most qualified and their children's first, 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 first teacher. Understand that you are your child's first, most qualified teacher. You have the answers. You have the answers and the teachers can learn from you. Like, really. So y'all should get on the same page. Y'all should connect. Y'all should talk. Y'all should everything work out. And, you know, the homeschool families, we we out here. So <laughs> we ain't got to worry about that. But we're talking about those that are, because this is for 
everyone. Like I said, um, if you have kids, this podcast is for you because we want to change the dynamics of all structures, um, all systems that are not conducive to us growing collectively forward um, and, and reaching our higher and best selves. And school is like, that's that's the leading role in, in everyone's life. Right. Um, and so we have to start there. But these teachers aren't just leaving. And that's what parents got to understand. And they got to take accountability in the role that they're playing in their child's um, educational journey. Educational journey, yeah. <laughs> say that, Jay. You better say it. Oh, so... We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We hope that you learned and gained something from this lovely conversation. We ask that you follow us on social media. Yes, follow us on social media. <laughs> yes. Um, at mrs.ali underscore daily. Yes, or at Homeschool Your Kids. Um, and check out our website, homeschoolyourkidsexpo.com. So you can see where our expos is coming to a city near you. Um, but we appreciate everyone that's tuning in. We do, we do appreciate watching our numbers go up and everything's getting exciting around these parts. Um, and we would definitely always try to use our voice in the best manner. Um, to help heal, grow, and and just love on our community because we it is always coming from a place of love, love, experience, um, reflection, all that good stuff. Passion, so, passion, big time. But we appreciate y'all tuning in, Aaliyah. We love y'all, all <laughs> our all our viewers and listeners. We really do. We love y'all. We're excited to have you all on this journey. And if you are listening to us, you a real one. Okay, <laughs> you can take it. You can take it because we are just trying to, um, like Jay said, give out the information with love. But we are coming from experience as real teachers who've been in the field of teaching, and now we are homeschooling moms, stay-at-home moms. Um, and even though our lives are different, you know, we've come into this alignment, and we want to share and give and pour, just like how we did to our children to families and parents and anyone that wants to listen so thank you thank you thank you y'all have a beautiful day until next week peace